Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is episode number 96. We're going to be talking about the power of investment today. But before we dive in, thank you as always for listening. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Please like, share, subscribe. Tell someone about the the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We know that it will encourage you, help you out, through get through the grind of the week each and every week. Hey, we are so close. We've been talking about it now. The 100th episode, it's coming down the pipe. Uh, we got some new ideas, new videos. Visions. We're, 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 we're building another studio. We're doing all kinds of crazy fun stuff because we love bringing you great content. So today I have two special, special guests with me today. I have Kelly Stevens from the Modern Christian Dads podcast with us today. What's up, Kelly? Hey, good afternoon. Yay! It's good to be here. There's Glad my that you're here. You have fans all across the world, and we're grateful that you could take time away from your other podcast. Join us here on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Yeah, and it was quite a drive. I About eight hour drive from Modern <laughs> Christian Dads to here, but uh, right. you know what? It's been worth it. And uh, God is just expanding your territory. Uh, yes, my territory is definitely. The prayer of Jerry Benz. You, kept, yes. you read the book, you prayed it, now it's <laughs> and happening. And here I so. am, yes. Uh, and along with that, we have Rick Maynard with us today. What's up, Rick? Not much. Just here to see what you guys do. I don't know Jake what you do. Bake. bake. <laughs> Mr. Shake and Bake, Rick Maynard. He normally does the verse-by-verse, and we're going to ask you to do something. Rick Maynard, step away from that verse-by-verse mm-hmm. mode and, and uh, kind of go on the fly a little bit here. So we'll see if you're prepared. I'm not prepared. You're normally walking with those handwritten notes on paper. Uh, he does it very, uh-huh. very ancient, the way yeah. he does things. Yes. Uh, <laughs> scribing. <Right. you> know? <laughs> so anyway, today on this episode, we're going to talk about the power of investment. And we, we were supposed to have a special guest with us today. Yes. Uh, a guy named Gre- uh, Pastor Perkins, James Perkins from a New Covenant Church in the Carthage area here, but he bailed on us. Uh, so we will lift him up, but we will throw him under the bus. Yes, we at the same time. His own bus that he drives. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, well, here we go. I want I want to go in this mode, guys. Here for a second today. The power of investment. It's interesting uh, when we talk about investing, and, and the reason I brought brought you two guys on as well because you're very not influential. Uh, you are influential, <laughs> but rich people as well. Yes, in our church, uh, yes. you really. Yes. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be employed, and uh, the church wouldn't carry on. But because of your wealth and prosperity that you bring to Grace Point uh, each and every week. Thank you for that, gentlemen. Well, anyway, I remember, here's how I want to start off with this illustration. I remember when I first was getting my credentials with the Sons of God as graduating college and setting out into the calling of God. I remember that in my licensing class weekend, they had an investment class. And so they did this for young ministers because they wanted to talk to us about investing. And you'd start out young, and because there's power, in investing and specifically when you're younger because Mm -hmm. they gave all these illustrations. Like if you would just, you know, not drink one cup of Starbucks coffee and you took that $4 and every week and invested it by the time you were 65, Mm -hmm. you would have $65,000 or something like that. And just, just the incremental power of investing in things. Mm -hmm. And they did that number one, because some of you have maybe you never didn't know this, but for pastors, we can tend to be poor and and not very good with our, our money. And so there's a lot of pastors today that are now 65, 70, and they did not invest right. financially. And so now they're poor. They never owned a house. Uh, they opted out of Social Security. So in me, they really beat it in us to like, you need to invest. So yeah. although I'm not rich, I do have a savings account. Since I've been 21, I've invested as much as I can uh, financially uh, because I understand there is power in investing money. And specifically, the more time you have, to invest, the greater the rewards that you can 
reap because their other illustration was basically saying, you know, take an example, a guy who's 25 and he invests $100 a month into his retirement. And then a guy who is 55, who then invests $600 a month. Well, there's such a greater amount of money, but now he doesn't have the time to accrue. Right. Uh, So the guy who invested $100 a month at age 25 now has $800,000. And the guy who had 600 at 55, he has $150,000 $150,000 or yeah. whatever. So the power of investment investment is very powerful. And now segueing into the spiritual life, I, I was just thinking about the power of investing into the lives of pe- people spiritually. And I'll throw this verse right out, out up front so people know we're not, this is not a financial discussion. This is really a spiritual discussion. Matthew 6, 20 says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. And so for you guys, I'll get to you guys in just a second, but I've shared this story the last couple of weeks because I'm coming back from Florida and I had the opportunity to reconnect with one of the first guys who ever told me about Jesus, Mark Opperman, really the first youth pastor that really invested yep. Jesus into my life. And today, how, how thankful, how grateful I am, how, how much I recognize uh, the fruit and the labor of, of what he did in my life. And now here I am as a minister, I've been in the ministry for 20 years, full time, almost 20 years, full time, done missions trips, you know, and my wife and I, we've done all, I, I mean, man, I'm blessed. I've gotten to do a ton of things for Jesus in my time period. I know there's man. other more people, more popular, greater, but man, I've been to like over seven, eight countries, pastor, youth pastor. I've gotten to do so many cool things in my journey of faith. And I, in very much attribute any success I would have to that guy who invested in my life. Wow. And he's reaping the rewards. Yes. And I told him that one day, I said, man, anyone I've ever led to Christ, anyone who's ever got filled with the Holy Spirit, any, any missions trip I've ever done, et cetera, it goes to your bank account yep. because you right. invested in me when maybe no one else saw it, when no one else wanted to, when you could have invested your time, energy, and effort somewhere else, you invested in me and i'm grateful for that well and we might as well just say thank you mark too for for doing what you've done for pastor because now we're reaping the benefits of that and he's investing in us a couple old dogs yeah so it's a trickle down effect (laughs) yes and investing uh you know it what's hard for investing is that time that accruing of time because we don't always see uh, we mm-hmm. want it right now, right? It's like, I want to be a millionaire right now. I want the money right now. I want I want it to, we're in this instant generation uh, where we want everything right here and right, right now. But right. The, the power of investment takes time to do that mm-hmm. over and over. And again, Pastor Perkins, how dare you not show up today and uh, be busy doing other things, pastoring your church. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I wanted uh, the, the story of, because when, this is crazy because Pastor Perkins came here in what year? Ninety six, is that correct? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I believe it was ninety six, yeah. roughly. Yeah. You know, and and to think, and because you guys have been here since from that time, yeah. And and to if we could time work back to nineteen ninety six, and you were in the midst of God moving amongst you, and to think if God would have spoke a prophetic word through someone that yeah. would have said, hey. I just God wants you to know that your 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 future pastor is just getting saved right now, and God is speaking to him for the first time in his life, yeah. uh, and he's going to receive the call of God, and he's going to step into that. And if and, and twenty years from now, you are going to see the investment of of 
what another man has done in his life, you're, you are now going to receive that investment. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. could yeah. you think uh, think back to that moment when Pastor Perkins was here? Because it probably feels like yesterday, right? It does to me, yeah. Right? It, it, it feels like, so think of yesterday, I was not a Christian. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A high school, a booger munching, no, uh, <laughs> uh, a naughty <laughs> high school, not even saved. Yeah. And that was your pastor. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That, that's powerful. That's God's stuff. And so the power of an investment. And, you know, in regards to Pastor Perkins, talk about that for a second. I mean, I share my Mark story, but guys, each one, you share kind of that investment story. Cause I know for each of you that him investing in you really released something in that and walk us through how that happened in your life. Yeah. Go ahead. Kelly, you want me to go first. Yeah. Well, I, I'll just say, uh, just, just prior to, uh, Pastor Perkins coming, uh, I got filled with the Holy spirit and, uh, I may be just a week or two before he got here. I can't remember uh, that right now. But anyway, I <clears throat> I remember uh, when uh, Pastor Perkins come, and, I, you know, he was a younger guy, and he's old now, but he yeah. was a younger guy <laughs> then. And, uh, and I still <laughs> dive in real, real quick. I love to share the story to him because Pastor Graham, when I came here, retired, yes. 70 years old, old. So when I heard he was the pastor before Pastor Perkins, I always joke with him. My, in my brain, I thought he'd be like 85. Yeah. And when I first saw him, I'm like, man, he's a young guy. He only looks like he's like 55 years old. Anyway. Yeah. But it, it, the thing about uh, when Pastor Perkins come, um, I had never had uh, that that uh, moment where, uh, well, I really didn't even hardly know too many pastors, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, I remember the, the moment uh, that, you know, he said that uh, – um, kind of is kind of that Elijah Elisha moment, you know, and uh, it, it just felt like he marked me, you know, uh, and so we just went on this journey of of like bringing the disciples together. I mean, there was a, a group of us that uh, he started uh, imparting to and praying over and working with and trying to encourage us, you know, uh, getting involved in the ministry. And I can tell you that I never ever dreamed that the Lord could use me had, wow. I, ne- I never dreamed it. It was never, never a thought. And then, um, one day I was, uh, uh, it was back in my restaurant days and I was, um, um, cutting meat in the, uh, in the, uh, restaurant, cutting up steaks. Praise and, God. Uh, yes. Praise God for steaks. <laughs> and, uh, I felt the, the Holy spirit, uh, uh, speak to me. There was a, a real popular song, uh, back then, can't remember the lady's name that sang it, but it was "People Get Ready, Jesus Is Coming." Oh, yeah, and it was just a yep. real powerful song, and I just felt all of a sudden this just impression of urgency uh, that there there were people lost out there that uh, uh, they needed Jesus, and that it just you know tomorrow's not promised, and and Jesus is coming. I just felt that could happen any time, and I just got overwhelmed, and. Uh, uh, I called down to the church and and uh, said, Pastor, are you are you going to be available for a little bit? And I come in and spend a little bit of time with him. And uh, man, I was just real emotional. I couldn't. Uh, it was really hard to collect myself. I just felt the Holy Spirit, you know, just on me. And uh, I had felt the the Lord tell me that uh, in that month I was going to lead twenty people to the Lord. I'd never led anybody to the Lord. I, I was always, you know, I was always kind of a shy guy, you know, and and I didn't know how to how to approach anybody. But um, anyway, 
Well, Pastor Perkins just encouraged me and said, I'm going to believe that with you, you know, and, and uh, I'm going to join in that, you know. And so um, sure enough, that month I led 20 people to the Lord. The first wow. one, the first one I had pulled over DWI uh, out here at Precious Moments <laughs> out, out there on that country road. And, and I was arresting him, putting him in my patrol car, and I felt the, the Lord say, Here's your first one, and wow. uh, it was just it was just an awesome experience, and and so all of a sudden I was just after it. Well, that investment and in that moment you you said, "Listen, I'm young man, you're in a lot of trouble right now, but this could be a precious moment <laughs> in Jesus right now." Yes, yes. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he uh, I don't think he felt like that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you know I just uh, it was it was awesome that in the fact that the Lord said. Uh, tell tell him that I love him, and so I said that. Just I'm like I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I know I'm a deputy, but you think I'm gonna, you're gonna think I'm crazy. But the Lord is just speaking to me, and just to tell you that He loves you. He immediately started crying and said uh, that his mom and his grandma have been praying for him for a long wow. time, and he'd just been wow. running. Again, talking about investment. There's mom and grandma yes. that has been investing yeah. in his life and praying over him, spending that investment time, and they got to see the fruits of, of that uh, that uh, chasing after him, you know? Yeah. And so, anyway. You brought up ahead. a couple of good points. We'll go to Rick in just a second. But the first one being that I want everyone to know, which... We should know, but we got to reiterate it, is that God wants to use everyone. He does. You know, we still, we're still a little bit, uh, I think it's changed a little bit, but we're still in this superstar Christian generation yeah. where we hold up these people, you know, and, and I'm not saying, I'll throw their names out there, whether it be someone like Joel Steen or Stephen Furtick or, you know, regionally there's these large churches and then we just begin to hold people up as, as if there's something great. Yeah. And they are great in, in the eyes yeah. of God, but you're great. I'm great. We're we're all great. The greatness of God is built within us. It's the characteristic. It's the DNA of who we are. When Christ comes in us, we have the DNA for greatness. And yeah. uh, it, it, and so sometimes we still get in a little bit of that mode. I remember the last church that I pastored. I had one guy, real humble guy, just served the Lord all mm-hmm. the time. Um, his name is Eddie, not Eddie Stevens. But you know, he just. I remember one time he saying, "It was like, well, you know, you're the pastor, and I'm just this." And I was like, "What? What are you talking about, man?" Yeah. Like I'm just a guy. Yeah. I, I'm serving in the role God's me called me to to do and to be, yeah. which is a pastor, but that doesn't make me any special or more or less special than you. We're both we're in this together, man. Yeah. We're both so I want people to know that. Like you can do something great for God. You're built and designed with greatness. And I still love my my father in law. One time we got in an argument uh, not too long ago over Benny Hinn because mm-hmm. I, I he was a big Benny Hinn fan and I said, Isn't that great, Bob, that like you and me, like we got the same anointing as Benny Hinn, and he just didn't acknowledge that belief <laughs> or philosophical or theological mindset because he's like, no, Jeremiah, Benny Hinn's greater than you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. Benny <laughs> Hinn's got better, right? Hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, God wants to use all of us. Well, you know, and that was the I. I was kind of in that mode. I, I just didn't see God being able to use somebody like me, and. Uh, it still blows my mind that he wants to use somebody like me, but uh, 
I was so excited, and Pastor Perkins will probably never remember any of this. You know, he's I'm sure he's going to listen to this and th- say, those guys are making every bit of that up. But <laughs> it was awesome when I felt him encourage me and, and spend time with me mm-hmm. saying, you can do this. You're, God is in you, and he wants to perform things in your life. Uh, and I, I was just amazed and, and just he and I would go different places and be in the car and he'd just be speaking into my life and encouraging me. And the whole time I was just like, where's this going? This is just crazy. Cause for the first time I could see the possibility of actually ministering to people. And I, I yeah. never dreamed that before. And, and that, I actually, we should go right to you, Rick, cause I know that you brought this up. Uh, and I've heard you say this a couple times before, which really connects with that point is you talked about how before you started teaching uh, your, your Sunday school class, speaking, some other things you've done in church now, that the pastor at the time had really kind of limited that, or it right. was just kind of like the pastor's job only, and you had a little bit of that me- mentality or that mindset. It's like, well, this is only this is only stuff the pastor can do. Right, right. Well, for me, of course, being raised in the church, I've seen you know several pastors go through the church, and uh, different ones have... You know, I, I was sitting here just trying to think back about some of those and the different things that, that they had done. The the Smith family that were here when I was about 16. Prior to that, you know, you're just kind of a kid and you don't really remember what went on then. But uh, but the Smiths that came, uh, he was the first pastor I had that I was 16 years old. He was probably late 30s, maybe something like that when he came. He became a friend. Don't forget Moses and Aaron. Yeah, Moses. That was your first. Well, well yeah. I, how far back do you guys want to go? Right. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, he became a friend. That's the one. And I could go on and on about all the things that happened during that time. But just thinking about uh, pastors and, and the different places they've marked my life. And um, his wife really was the the one that held that family together and stuff. And, and she actually, I kept in contact one of her daughters married my brother-in-law, and so uh, I kept in contact. I got to speak at her funeral, you know, just about a year ago. So mm. there was a little, you know, that connection there. When the Hensons came, uh, Brother Henson was very, um, uh, he liked to be in the pulpit. He, he didn't have hardly any special guests. When he was gone, he would try to be back for Sunday. So he just didn't miss much in the pulpit. So I never spoke until I was about um, probably 38, I think, when I went on my first mission trip. And of course, you know, like anybody, you come back all excited. And Brother Henson asked me to to speak on Wednesday night, just to share about the missions. And I was just shocked that, <laughs> that he would let me do that on Wednesday night, you know. But, but anyway, that was really the only time. And then uh, when Brother Perkins, Perkins came, you know, I mean, you're always excited about a new pastor. I mean, that's, you know, everybody gets excited and, and uh, uh, you know, wondering what's going to happen and wanting to get to know the the person. And But it, it was just, when he came, it was just a different part, I think, of all of our lives. We were all, you know, just looking for something deeper and not because previous pastors hadn't done their job. Yeah. You know, I don't want to throw them under the bus right right yep you know but he just had a um, a heart to want to um, invest mm-hmm. in us yeah and so uh, you know myself like kelly I, I mean i 
Kelly talks about being shy. I don't know that I was ever shy. You know, I've never had a problem with uh, public speaking or whatever, probably to my detriment. <laughs> you know, I probably haven't kept my mouth shut sometimes when I should have, but um, waiting for the amens there. But, yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Brother Perkins, uh, when he began to pour into us and, and tell us, you know, you can, you can do this and began to turn the pulpit over, which was just, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you're going to let me speak on a Wednesday night, and, and then you're going to let me speak on a Sunday night, and then you're going to let me speak on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, that's that's the golden <laughs> buzzer right there, yeah. to get to speak on a Sunday morning kind yeah. of thing. But if, to him, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, he was almost as if he was making us equal, just like what you said. Mm-hmm. He was staying off that um, podium that said, I'm better than than you, uh, I'm the pastor, and you're just you're down here, and I'm up here. Um, and, and so he invested, in, and it began. It, it's not just giving you opportunity. When something that like that happens, you begin to get that self confidence. It's like I can do this. Yeah. And and it challenged me. I mean, I I teach and stuff now, but what it challenged <clears throat> me to do was to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. That's what he did to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had. I had taught some when uh, Sister Henson had a class, and I, I taught on a part-time basis and then finally took that class. But really all I was doing was just taking a book and highlighting the good points, you know, and then mm-hmm. just teaching out of that book. And uh, I never really had to study. You know, I could have just almost brought the book Sunday morning and yeah. read the highlights, and that was <laughs> Sunday school. But with Brother Perkins, it, it was just a depth Mm-hmm. That's that's what changed for me uh, during his ministry. Not yeah. just that he allowed me to to speak. Any pastor can allow somebody to speak, mm-hmm. but uh, but he he put some depth into us that there was something more than just that surface reading the scriptures, telling the stories kind of thing. Yeah, so. and I think you bring up a good good point that is is should be said is that uh, you know not throwing any particular pastor right. under the bus or things like that. The investment you make isn't more or less valuable than what someone else because right. because we will make uh, certain what what may feel like more or less amounts of investment mm-hmm. in people along the way, but it doesn't mean that they're more or less valuable. Okay, right. for example, Pastor Perkins. Okay, he uh, pa- Brother Henson. We're talking about the history of Grace Point here. Uh, he, he pastored this church for twenty two years. Right. Pastor Perkins eighteen years. Uh, or Pastor Graham, 18 years, yeah. Pastor Perkins, four years. Okay, so does that mean because he did the four years that his investment to this particular church is less valuable or no. less important yeah. than the 22 years by Henson or the 18 by Pastor Graham? Right. The answer to that is yes, because I'm going to be here for 24 years. <laughs> and I, no, I'm just, <laughs> That's my goal, Kelly. You know, 2022, 20, 23 years, I'll be yeah. like, listen, I crushed all of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yes. but that's important. You, you sometimes there's, and I have a good friend that's going to be coming here this weekend for the No Price Day Conference, Isaac Smith. And the one thing he always says that I spoke to him, which I talk about at times is, you know, we just don't know how long we have with each other in this journey. Right. So for some, it might, I might have one Sunday. It might, somebody might roll in. I'm driving through from Seattle to Orlando, Florida. And I just, for some reason, I just stopped 
through Carthage, Missouri, and yeah. came to Grace Point. I might have one shot. I might mm-hmm. have a month. I might have a year. We might have 20 years together. Yeah. Uh, but my investment, and God is going to present me with an opportunity to invest in the lives of people. Will I grab hold of that? Will I take it? Because it's going to be just as value valuable as, you know what I'm saying, uh, yeah. those measurements. Right. So don't ever, don't ever forget that. The moments and the times that you have to invest right. in people spiritually, they all matter. They're all important. They all count. And they're not more or less meaningful than what feels like the more significant investment in your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I wanted to say one thing uh, real quick as Rick was uh, talking. Uh, one of the teachings one time that Rick was uh, doing, uh, man, it really, it really stuck with me. And it makes me think of... Uh, like the, my pastors that I've had, like Pastor Perkins and Pastor Graham and, and now uh, Pastor Jeremiah. Uh, but uh, uh, you taught one time about, uh, and there was a saying or a phrase in there, may the dust of your rabbi be upon you, mm-hmm. meaning that you're, fo- you're following your rabbi teacher, yep. that you're following him so close that literally the dust as he's walking down that path mm. Mm-hmm. That it that it gets up on you, uh, so you can hear him when he's whispering, <laughs> you know, or he's imparting a a nugget, uh, you know, something for you to chew on, something for you to think about, yeah. ponder, but also maybe something that uh, it, instructions that he's giving you. Uh, so uh, the investment is a two way thing. Amen. It yeah, takes it takes both <laughs> of us, you know, to mm-hmm. um, you know had had Elijah walk by Elisha. And he threw his coat on him. Elisha could have grabbed that coat and said, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And threw it back yeah. at him, you know, <laughs> and went back to plowing. But uh, uh, you know, it takes two. Uh, you have to have you have to have the teacher that's willing to to teach and is motivated by seeing right. s- success, seeing something happen to the student. But the student has to be willing to be walking that close. Does that make sense? Yep. Let's yeah. just end it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like this. This. N- this is not the appropriate way to say it, but I was going to say, suck the life out of the person that's investing in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm saying is the people that are investing in you, make sure that you're getting the most out of them. Yep. Sometimes God's putting people in our pathway and we don't, we don't make the effort to receive what we could get from them. Right. Uh, and we don't make that, that time and that energy and that effort. Yeah. Uh, and again, that could be a pastor or that could be someone in our church right now that I hugely admire and i i don't refer to him him as as brother ron but pastor ron yeah. uh in mm-hmm. our church blavelt that guy is is i will not refer to him as anything other than pastor ron because yeah. that's how i see him that's yeah. how i see his anointing and when the, the the more i hang out with them and conversations i have it's just like gold coming to me right. uh, absolutely free right uh, and that's a resource that i have that i don't have to pay for that i don't have to uh, earn. Yeah. Uh, and so there's some great people God puts in our life that sometimes we don't take it advantage of yeah. enough. That's true. Very true. I heard somebody talking about investing one time and they, they were making a point. They said, if a, if a poor man is trying to, to better himself, he's trying to learn how to make money. So he takes a rich man or they go to lunch who should pay for the meal, the rich man or the poor man. And of course, most people would say, well, obviously the rich man, I mean, he's got more money, but they said the poor man's the guy that ought to pay for the meal because he's mm-hmm. trying to glean yep. from that guy. Yep. He ought to invest something yep. to glean something. So it's like you say, that two-way street of trying to get something or 
from someone. And I, you know, one of the, the one of the other things I learned from Brother Perkins or uh, during that ministry, you know, I'm not saying Brother Perkins stood up and he made this statement and by God, I remember that. And, you know, it was all him. And, you know, he was, he was uh, teaching what someone taught him. But the one thing I learned with him, I, you know, I was raised in a, in a home that, you know, the old joke was we had roast pastor for lunch. <laughs> I mean, you know, you went home after church. Crispy. And you, I like yeah, him crispy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you went home and you complained about what you didn't like about the pastor in the afternoon. You know, that was kind of, and I was kind of raised in a little bit of that environment. And so, you know, during the time of Brother Henson, I probably, I well, not probably, I complained a lot. You know, that was just, it was kind of my nature. I just thought that's what you did. The pastor, we pay him, and <laughs> he should do what we want him to do. I mean, that was the mentality. And um, But when Brother Perkins came, I learned to honor the, the position yeah. of the pastor. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, that, that has been a very important part of my life, yeah. too, that I don't look at it like he's a hireling, yeah. you know, and so when a new pastor comes, then I need to honor that position. I don't have to agree with every little thing, and you don't have to agree with every little thing I do, but there's a positional honor there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've taught that from the Old Testament. It didn't talk about the pastor and his requirements, but really the king was the best example of Old Testament, how God spoke to the king and how God set the kings in place, and right. that's really the best example that we have. And so that was another um, thing that we that I got really out of Brother Perkins' time here. Right. Yeah. A, a verse. I'm just looking at some scriptures here uh, on the screen. First uh, Timothy six nineteen says, "Storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation." Or the the scripture talking about store up for your treasure. Uh, excuse me. Matthew six twenty. We talked about storing up treasures in heaven. Storing uh, storing up treasures uh, in the lives of people. But basically, what I'm trying to get to is this thought process of what you have to give is eternity to people. Mm-hmm. The, the value that you have as a follower of Jesus to invest in other people is beyond this world. And we have to make that effort to think about, how. first of all, how am I investing? Who am I investing in? Uh, am I giving out what is is inside of me that is so precious and valuable uh, to, to the world. You know, we have eternity to give. It's better than any company. It's better than any corporation. It's better than any mm-hmm. investment plan. I was talking the other day I, on my way back from Florida, I listened to several podcasts that unfolded the whole Bernie Madoff scam yeah. in depth. And that was a powerful story. I mean, not a good one, but of a guy who fooled everyone mm-hmm. thinking that they were investing in something valuable only to for all of their investments to return void. Right. But there is a completely different dynamic for us as kingdom followers, as Jesus followers, that what we're investing will not return void, but will return, will come back with, with eternal rewards right. and results. Right. And I'm looking forward to those days when you guys will be, I remember back when Jeremiah, <laughs> he spoke that sermon and just touched my little Southern Missouri heart. <laughs> now, by the time, by the time you retire, I'll be the best. Who's our pastor? <laughs> Who's that guy up Rick, there? <laughs> I'm just coming to change your diaper right now. <laughs> it's pastor. <laughs> yes. I said dust, not the manure. <laughs> you didn't drink all your prune juice, Rick. Come on. As I'm sitting on my throne on the platform <laughs> from the oldest living member of the church. Well, so. I, you know, 
we've been talking again about investment, but uh, a good friend of mine, Lowell Catron, shout out to you, buddy. Uh, his grandpa or great grandpa, uh, when uh, they come kind of from Illinois, I believe it was, but uh, he was a Sunday school teacher. He ended up being a pastor too, mm-hmm. but he was a Sunday school teacher, and uh, one of his students was Ronald Reagan. Wow. And is that not incredible? Wow. Here's here's a here's a kid, and you're teaching him, you know, yeah. about Jesus and everything. You don't know what the potential is. It's right. locked up inside an individual, mm-hmm. and you, as 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 being a teacher, whatever, yeah. you get the chance to unlock uh, yeah. the possibilities yeah. that's in somebody. And what was in that child was a president. Wow. You know, and is that not cool? And then uh, President Reagan, when he. Uh, uh, become president he invited he remembered and he invited lowell's wow, grandpa to the, wow. yeah to the inauguration is oh, that not cool, cool. i it love is. that story <laughs> well i remember early on when uh, brother perkins came um you know i've always kind of given the pastors a little bit of a hard time i know that might surprise a lot of people but um he he made a statement one time we were talking about you know people becoming pastors and he said well really he said all a pastor needs is one good sermon and a pretty wife. And I said, well, it's a good thing you got a pretty wife. <laughs> so, so anyway, we haven't always been kind to him either. So. Yeah, been a little mean. <laughs> Shout out to Pastor James Perkins Yeah, today. but we've always been nice to Renee. Yes. Right. yes. How could you not be? <laughs> yeah. Well, we are so grateful for people like that, James Perkins, people that have invested in our lives. But the question today being, who are you investing your life into? Who are you investing Jesus and eternal things inside of? And who who's in your life right now that maybe you should chase them a little bit more because they could pour some amazing things and pull things out of you that you've never seen before. Well, this has been a, uh, this has been, I don't know what we call this edition. This has been a modern Christian round dad's table. mashup round yeah, table, Grace yeah. Point daily podcast. Rick Maynard, this, Kelly Stevens. This could be like the three that showed up on the mount. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for listening. Please, hey, support our podcast as well. You can hit that support button, but like, share, subscribe, uh, sh- share it with someone else. But we'll talk to you guys next time.